Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is our show for the week of Schmerz Day, October 4th, 2021. On the show today, what it was like in the Magic Kingdom on the 50th anniversary last Friday, plus Steakhouse 71, kite disasters, and more. And in our main segment, Jim and I talk about Epcot's new show, Harmonious, and the new plan for the reinvention of Epcot. Let's get started by bringing in the man who says that his recent surprise diagnosis of colorblindness really came at him from out of the orange. It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? Uh, well, you know, with a diagnosis like that, it, it, it it's kind of tough. But remember, Len, what they say, the grass is always grayer on the other side. So, <laughs> Thank you for following that up. That was great. There we go. All right, let's do a quick shout out to subscribers over at DisneyDish.BandCamp.com. Thanks to new subscribers, Laura Selleck, Dr. Matt Robb, and Happy Matt. And longtime subscribers, JT Kayaza31, Nan Broadway, and Spindock. Jim, when the Haunted Mansion's singing busts take their two weeks of vacation every year, these folks are the backup singers who step in to keep the harmonies flowing. How do you know it's them? Laura says that Thurl Ravenscroft's mustache always makes her giggle, so look for that. True story. Mm, okay, I'll, I'll check that out next time I'm in the parks. <laughs> All right, Jim, let's do the news. Folks, the Disney Dish News is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Disney Dish podcast. For a worry-free travel experience every time, book online at storybookdestinations.com. By the way, before we start the news, which is the 50th anniversary, I was in the parks with Tammy Whiting, who owns Storybook Destinations, yesterday. And Tammy texted me around 7 p.m. last night to say, and we're recording this, by the way, folks, on Saturday, October 2nd. So yesterday was the 50th anniversary. So Tammy texted me yesterday around 7 p.m. and said, hey, I've got an extra spot or two for you right in front of the castle to watch the fireworks. And I was like, oh, my God, Tammy, how how long have you been there? She said 9.45 a.m. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing was, I tried to get there. Mm-hmm. She had great seats. Yep. I mean, like just slightly to the left of the castle ramp. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Perfect. I literally could not get there. There's the, the wall of people could not get there. So I was like, Tammy, thank you very much. But mm-hmm. there's uh, uh, people would kill me before I got to you. There's just no was no chance. So I couldn't do it. But Tammy apparently had some some great seats for the fireworks. Along with a spectacular sunburn. But we'll get to that later. So, <laughs> All right, Jim, let's start with everything I did mm-hmm. this week. First thing I did uh, earlier this week, I went and checked out the new lobby at the Contemporary, which is reopened. And it is redesigned in a mid-century modern style which I think is fabulous. I'm not as hot on the rooms, which we'll talk about in the future, but the lobby looks great. They've got artwork dedicated to Mary Blair. Uh, They've got artwork that I guess is contemporary from the late 60s doing design sketches showing possible iterations of what the contemporary was supposed to look like back before they started building it. And it is insanely good artwork. And by the way, Jim, um, mm-hmm. Disney was smart in re- the respect that they have bolted down all of I No joke. I actually tried to lift one off to see it was uh, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Right. I get that. Here's hoping that they, they start to sell reproductions in the lobby someplace because they used to have the, you know, the, the, the shop you know, off the concourse there that did art. I so. asked I asked the manager. No, I was joking. I asked the manager questions like, are we going to sell? reproduction of the of this artwork because I would buy it. And then she said, you know, no. And I said, what time what time of night would you say that the lobby is the least staffed with security? 
And we both laughed, but then somebody followed me around while I was throwing the lobby. And it's also one of those things where, and, and just coincidentally, what sort of screw head would you say bolts that to the wall? There? Is it the Stone of Phillips? Is that one of those weird ones that takes a special thing? Exactly. There you go. Yeah. I also had a chance to eat today at Steakhouse 71 with Christina. Chrissy will follow up with a, with a full review. Let me just say. The hamburger is insanely good. The onion rings are fabulous. They do a Caesar salad that is not only delicious, but the presentation is unique. I have never seen it presented like this before. There's a bacon and eggs dish that's a poached egg with grits and pork belly with an au jus reduction. That's fantastic. But the highlight of the menu is this thing that Chef Nick came up with. It's a takeoff on beef wellington made with vegetables. And I know what that sounds like. Yeah, you, you, ooh, I, you know, beef Wellington should be made with beef. It is incredible, Jim. The, everybody that ate that, that tried this at our table today thought it was literally the best thing on the menu. Wow. So Chrissy will follow up with a full review uh, later on, but Steakhouse 71 looks really, really good. All right, let's talk about some other stuff. Uh, Jim, you saw that Kite Tales, the new kite show, has debuted at Animal Kingdom. And I think as of October 4th, it hasn't been canceled yet <laughs> or, or indeed swallowed up by a giant hole in the earth. But let's talk about the three days that it is gone. All right. Preview day was September 30th. I was there. Mm-hmm. I missed the very beginning of the first show. I saw the end of it. And by saying I saw the end of it, I saw the, the kites crashing into the stands, which was the abrupt end of the show. And so as I was walking in, the kites were crashing. Like, there was a cast member watching this with watching it happen with me. Like we were watching the Hindenburg but in slower motion with less fire, right? So the kites crash at Arstikachin. I look at her and say, hey, when's the next show? <laughs> she says, I don't think we're going to have any more today. <laughs> so then I go back on October 1st, right? I take a break in the middle of the day, go back during the anniversary. It's like, hey, you know, I just, I needed a break for the Magic Kingdom's card. I walk over and apparently I had missed the jet skis sinking that day yeah and they had to actually rescue the uh the the jet ski drivers yeah i've seen okay that was but did you see what happened today october 2nd uh no but no okay so so large cracks in the earth's surface (laughs) meteor no jim kite eating trees today jim Uh, the tree the kites ended up in the trees uh, (laughs) we're 0 for 3 uh, on kite tails <laughs> I, I I'm expecting meteor showers tomorrow. <laughs> okay, I I, I I guess my I, and again I apologize. I've only been watching this from a distance. A, a number of shows people who online have done takes on the show. And remember, this is twenty million dollars worth of waterfront stadium. It yeah. is extremely valuable real estate. Yes, they seat the audience in the back two rows. And use the, the, what is it, the front four or five rows are used as show space. And, and one says... Oh, when you say show space, what you mean is crash landing site. That, that's the other thing. The, the seating for this show, part of it is in Dinoland and part of it is Asia. They leave Asia, and I'm not making this up, they leave Asia empty as the potential crash landing site for it. I'm not kidding. I... I just wow. Yeah, I, I, I don't it, know that this lasts thirty days, Jim. I Joe Rody never mentioned an ancient Indian burial ground in, in talking about you know Disney's Animal Kingdom, but light magic died here. Kite t- 
tails. Looks like it's not I'm, long. I'm thinking we bring back the shaman from Rivers of Light and have him burn some sage <laughs> to maybe cleanse the evil from this part of the ground. Like, what? okay, so so I I, I wasn't gonna say, tell you the story, but uh, but say the story mm-hmm. on the show. But I, it's it's benign enough that I now will. Okay. When the kite crashed, a cast member had to pick up the pieces and walk them out and. The way that the stage is built, there's no utilidor, mm-hmm. right? You, she basically picked them up in her hand like it was a bunch of kindling firewood and carried them through Dinoland backstage. And honestly, God, Jim, I was going to take a picture of it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized not not the best moment to be, to be no. illustrating at that. <laughs> this cast member was like, yeah, this is an absolutely perfectly normal thing that we do all the time here in the Animal Kingdom where I'm, I'm carrying a, a bunch of sticks and silk in my hand and walking backstage and this is part of my job and there's nothing to see here. It was, whew, it was a thing, Jim. It was a thing. Uh, I'm so sorry. Just watching the videos online for this, the entertainment team that is working this show, I mean, to see them run carrying you know the performance kites you know oh, oh, when it when it works yeah it's better than i thought it was gonna be like i mean it's not it's not an attraction I mean, mm-hmm. it's a diversion but you can't deny that what they're doing is good yeah. but this is i mean this is one of those things jim where and i think we've we've said this before disney got caught flat-footed for the 50th and a bunch of kites in the animal kingdom is a low-budget hurry up and let's get something into this park for the 50th thing, right? And I think there's simply not enough rehearsal time. No, no. I think we're, what we're seeing here is rehearsal in front of a live studio audience. And that's fine. They'll work through it, you know, but it's it's going to be difficult. So we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow. Sure. Okay. Well, keep us posted. All right. So I was at the Magic Kingdom on October 1st for the 50th. I got a text at 4.30 in the morning saying the resort buses have started running. What time are you getting here? <laughs> not for the, the official park opening I think it was 8 Jim okay. and I was like I, it's 4.30 I, I, I'm going to bed like, I mean, I'm still, <laughs> the park officially opened at 6.20 mm-hmm. I got there around 6.45 I'm told that the park attendance was capped at 50% capacity for the day so somewhere around 45,000 maybe a little bit more people but you know, definitely not the 90,000 that you're going to see for New Year's Eve there were incredibly long lines for merchandise and food everywhere. You saw some of the, the pictures I did. for the merch and the food. I did, and I, I, I know, just jumping ahead here a bit, um, were the lines long for fruit earlier in the day, or was this after the Wi-Fi crashed? Don't, don't spoil the story, Jim. Okay. <laughs> no, um, the, the lines for merch were, were super long all day. Food wasn't bad. So I get in at 6.45. At 6.50 a.m., I'm not kidding, you you know, Disney released 150 new food items for the 50th anniversary. Chrissy apparently, Chrissy was with me. She apparently wanted to try all of them in one day. (laughs) Not joking. At 6.45 a.m., she has me trying the Walt's Chili Cheese Dog at Casey's. So I, I walk into the park. She says, meet me at Casey's. She has ready for me. Mm-hmm. A hot dog with chili and cheese and a Coke and French fries. It's 6.50 in the morning. And I, 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 don't, I don't care who you are. You cannot eat an entire chili cheese dog at 6.50 in the morning. I had a couple of bites. And by the way, the quality of the hot dog at Casey's Corner is excellent now. When they were closed, they clearly improved the kitchen. This was a baseball stadium quality 
hot dog. It was big. It was juicy. The bun was steamed. There was absolutely nothing wrong with it. I, I don't know what they charged for it. Whatever it was, it was worth it. This is as good, if not better, than the hot dogs in Liberty Square. So whatever they did at Casey's Corner, keep doing things like that. Okay. A quick side note here. I, I Again, was following from a distance. That's a, the beauty of social media. You get lots of pictures of all the new food items. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you know, given how heavily disney's test kitchens leaned into this iridescent thing yeah Um, yeah 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 you know the thing is you're seeing food items that are none of these colors are from nature you know exactly and all i could think of is what poor chrissy actually has to eat these things it's like i i'm I'm serious about this line i think for the the 50th anniversary chrissy qualifies for combat pay you know because (laughs) you mentioned this at steakhouse 71 today she drank an iridescent lemonade oh i'm I'm like chrissy we need to x-ray you right now just for the kicks (laughs) just for the fun of it what does this look like uh most amazing thing all right so we we walk around the parks and and Mainly for me, you know, for the 50th, it wasn't about going on rides or buying merchandise or whatever. It's really to see everybody that I know that came into the parks. And by the way, Jim, mm-hmm. our our listeners were extremely well represented in the crowd yesterday. Saw tons and tons of people who listened to the show. Everyone was asking about you. Okay. Um, you know, they to see you there. So uh, thank you to all the listeners who showed up and said hi. It was fabulous. So the... The, we did two special events yesterday, Jim, and I, I really wish we would have been there. One of them was um, at 11 a.m., we did a Country Bear Jamboree sing-along. Oh. And you know how it is with these events, right? You announce it on social media and you don't know who's going to show up. And, and Chrissy and I thought, if we get 30 people for this, mm-hmm. it's going to be excellent. Chrissy actually bought me. You know those little harmonica-like things that choir directors have she where you blow it? She bought you a pitch she pipe. Oh. bought me a pitch pipe. And set it to the key of G because that's what <laughs> they say at the beginning of Country Bear. Like this, the first song is in the key of G. That's right. So, so you know, we're waiting there, and it's like ten forty. It's like ten thirty, and I get there, and there's you know, there's a few people there, and they were camped out waiting for Country Bear Jamboree. Ten forty-five. There's a larger crowd. By the way, Chrissy actually made um, custom pins for the show that said the backside of Len's hair, and it was a picture of my hair <laughs> as a button. <laughs> And okay. I knew it was going to be a problem when Chrissy said she made 350 buttons and I was, and I ran out. Mm-hmm. Oh, so wow. we ended up, the capacity of one show of Country Bear Jamboree is 368 people. We filled the entire theater with people for the sing-along. Wow. It was, it was incredible. And, and shout out to the cast members who dedicated an entire show to us. You know, we they they told us exactly you know where to stand and and when to go in and stuff like that. So 368 at least people showed up. Jim, I don't know if you've ever been in a country bear jamboree when everyone sings every song and knows all the words. It was like being at a Garth Brooks concert when everyone sings "Friends in Low Low Places," <laughs> except we weren't as drunk. Maybe we were. Who knows? But Jim. You have to go search on social media mm-hmm. for the sing-along part of Blood on the Saddle. I saw this. Was I actually f- saw this. It was like, Did you see the one from the back or the front? I, I want to say this one was from the back. Yeah, so. yeah. That's the better one. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Of, of almost 400 people singing Blood in the Saddle. We made so much noise mm-hmm. that cast members from the outside came in to see what was going on 
in Country Bear Jamboree. And the cast members loved it. They, I mean, they were clapping. They were singing along too. Like, finally, these are my people here, right? Somebody appreciates what I'm doing. We, we sang the entire thing. It was great. Super loud, just hysterical. So we leave that, mm-hmm. right? And by the way, we were leaving and it took us so long to depart that the people who were at Pecos Bills mm-hmm. kept saying, y- y'all need to move faster because we need people to get into, into Pecos Bills because we have, we're having trouble feeding people in the park, which is a whole other story. Mm-hmm. So we go over there. We march over from there. We had, uh, we, as soon as we leave Country Bear Jamboree, we're in Frontierland. We whip out black mm-hmm. and white checkered flags from races. We headed over to Tomorrowland for the first annual Tomorrowland Speedway Race for Tomorrow today. Oh, no. And, and so the idea was that we race in Tomorrowland. And Christina had done a great job. She actually bought real prizes for this race, actual trophies that she carried in in bags, plus like gifts like um, the Loungefly backpacks we gave away. Mm-hmm. So Chrissy's, Chrissy was going to judge the Tomorrowland Speedway race, and she said she was going to be completely arbitrary and biased about how she, she judged it. So we show up, you know, this, this throng of people at the Tomorrowland Speedway. And let me just say, by the way, every single person in, in the park in the Magic Kingdom yesterday mm-hmm. was in line for food or merch. No one was on rides. And, and when I say no one, I mean there was a four-minute wait for Space Mountain at 3 p.m. What? There was no one. It was a social event. No one was going on rides yesterday. Mm-hmm. So we get to Tomorrowland Speedway, 300 and some people, this throng of people. It was a five-minute wait when we got there, Jim. Mm-hmm. The cast members saw us and said, hold up. We need to do some organization. Manager comes over. I believe his name was Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Handled it perfectly. Benjamin said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up an entire lane of the Tomorrowland Speedway just for you guys. We didn't expect any group of this size all day today, mm-hmm. right? This is not going to be good for the for the other people, other guests. We're going to do an entire lane of the Tomorrowland Speedway just for you. They opened up the third lane. Mm-hmm. You know, there's four lanes you could do, and they were only running two. Opened up an entire lane for us. Gave us special cars. We got in, so I think Christina went first, so she could judge everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, you know, all 300 and whatever people got in line. I went last, and we we ran all the way around. And then Chrissy awarded prizes for uh, for everyone, and the cast members. Handled it beautifully. That's great to hear. And who who was the small boy who had the very large trophy? Ryder. So, of course, I, I don't know if you're familiar with NASCAR, Jim, but there are people who win the race. The person who finishes first, first right, in, in the race, you know, is generally considered the, quote, winner. Mm-hmm. But really what you're looking for in a NASCAR race is the best dressed. <laughs> and in this case, Ryder had a custom-made iridescent suit, oh. tie, vest, pants, jacket, the entire works. You know, and ski jumping, mm-hmm. you know, ski jumping when it's judged, it's a little bit about distance and a little bit about style. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. It's, it's somewhat about how fast you go around the speedway, but really it's how good you look doing it. And so Ryder won the trophy for, for best trust in that. But we handed out dozens of prizes yesterday and it was, uh, it was fantastic. So next year we decided we're going to do it, but we're actually going to get jumpsuits with fake sponsors on it. <laughs> You got to go. It was a hoot. Okay. It was a lot of fun. Okay. All right. If you, if you need somebody in the pits, I'll be there. So. <laughs> but anyway, shout out to the cast members who did it. They did a fantastic job yesterday. All right, Jim, you mentioned the catastrophic failure of the mobile ordering food system, mm-hmm. right? But did you know about the catastrophic failure of the Wi-Fi? I was sort of monitoring what was going on, and it was fascinating. This started in the late morning, didn't it? I mean... Yeah. So... 
I think there were somewhere between 45 and 55,000 people in the park. And just for context, mm-hmm. an average day in the Magic Kingdom pre-pandemic is around 58 or 59,000 people. So by any measure, the number of people in the park yesterday was below average for a pre-pandemic day. But we knew that there were issues early on because Chrissy tried to order lunch mm-hmm. and was you know, and was told, you know, like when you mobile order, you push a button that says, I'm here, please prepare my food. Mm-hmm. She, I think, ordered food at noon and an hour and 10 minutes later was still waiting for that food. And that wasn't the worst part. We had heard from people who were doing the same thing, who at lunch around noon had been waiting three hours for their breakfast and still didn't have their food. So apparently there was a technical issue Mm -hmm. with the mobile ordering system. At some point, management decided the only way we're going to resolve this is to reset the entire system and cancel everyone's order. Okay, Jim, so let me paint the scenario for you. Mm -hmm. You've been waiting anywhere between one and three hours for food. Mm -hmm. You get the message on my Disney experience that says your order's been canceled. What do you do next? Oh, you you march to the front of the park and join what I would imagine is a very long line at guest relations. <laughs> the the line for guest relations actually went all the way around town square at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, no, what you do, Jim, is you reorder the food. Mm-hmm. So now you've got everyone who wants to order food plus everyone who had it already ordered food now trying to order food again. Mm-hmm. That did not go well. At one point, they gave, Disney simply gave up mm-hmm. on mobile ordering, and they were taking orders on pencil and paper. I'm not kidding. Okay. Yeah. Well, you it know, people were looking for that authentic October of 1971 experience, and by God, they got it. You we know. didn't have Wi-Fi in 1971. We do not have Wi-Fi today. <laughs> 50th anniversary. Congratulations, throwback. Yeah, so... So this was, I think, the first really big test of the mobile ordering system, and I don't think anyone would say it worked. That's clearly something that Disney has to work on there. Okay, okay. The, uh, the other thing that was interesting was um, I got back to the Magic Kingdom around 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. and again, Tammy had been waiting for her spot for enchantment at, from 9.45. Mm-hmm. There was, I could not find a good spot for enchantment. Could not, could not do it. Okay. I walked around the Magic Kingdom, which, by the way, the, the central part of Main Street mm-hmm. was basically like New Year's Eve. Okay. Every single person in the park mm-hmm. was, was in Main Street to see Enchantment. And at about 8.45, I gave up. Because I, you know, I was, I was going to review Enchantment, you know, do, do the official review. Like, okay, here's the show. But I could not find a, a viewing angle that would let me do a fair assessment mm-hmm. of the show. So I decided, you know what, I've... I've got a, a reservation for fireworks dessert party mm-hmm. tomorrow night. I'll I'll do it then. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna review the show at a bad angle or from a bad location where I can't hear the audio, just because I need to do it. Like let's do it right. So I'm gonna do it again tomorrow. So what I ended up doing was going into Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. and in Tomorrowland, Jim, when I say there was no one in Tomorrowland starting around eight forty five, mm-hmm. I was the only person in the Buzz Lightyear building that was not employed by the Disney Corporation. Oof. They let me ride again, like going through the tunnel. I went over to, so I rode Buzz Lightyear twice, mm. Space Mountain twice, and the Tomorrowland Speedway in 15 minutes. Oh. Because there was no one up, maybe 17 minutes. There was no one, I, I couldn't see another guest in these rides. That's how, that's how many people were on Main Street and how few people were in the rest of the park. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. And then, from what I saw of, of Enchantment, uh, it sounded good. I ended up actually watching it from the TTA. 
it ends up spinning around in the TTA, and you can get a, a decent view of it. But I'll, I'll I'll do it tomorrow, and then on the next show that I'm on, we'll we'll go back and uh, we'll re- review it. I will say, getting out of the park was was a breeze. Mm-hmm. They had opened up the arcades on either side, which I mean, when was the last time they did that? Mm-hmm. But but getting out on Main Street was easy. Mm-hmm. I had parked over at the Grand Floridian. And valet parked over the Grand Floridians, went over there. Uh, everything was perfect. Shout out to Alex over at the Grand Floridian, the valet, who was running. I think Alex actually ran a marathon yesterday, going back and forth, watching the cars. It was good. But the uh, I will say this. The cast members were the highlight of the entire day. Mm-hmm. Um, every single one of them. There's, I think some of them got there at 4 o'clock in the morning. Every one of them was in a good mood and happy to be there. And... Like, you know, between the crowds and the Wi-Fi, you, you saw the thing about the fights for merchandise, the actual fist fights. I did, I did. And, and the irony they were for that Epcot spaceship Earth-like tumbler. Yeah. Did you see the photos up today of shelves and shelves of them? You know, so anybody who fought to get those so they could take them home and put them up on eBay at, for a, a top dollar is then for kind of a rude awakening. Yeah, that's the thing. We knew that, you know, why are you fighting over this thing at 8 a.m. when you know at 8 p.m. the shelves will be restocked? Like, why, mm-hmm. why do it? Anyway, I mean, between the crowds and the Wi-Fi and the food issues, the day could have turned out different, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cast members made it work. So shout out to them. They saved the 50th anniversary. I'm not exaggerating. It was the cast members. I mean, from morning to night, through the heat, through the whatever, the cast members made it work yesterday. So shout out to those guys. It was, it was fabulous. Every single one of them was in a good mood. It was really, it was great to see. It was also really good to see the park that full. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's an energy to a full park that uh, that you can't get uh, anywhere else. So that was great. I, a quick question. Did they still have the commemorative poster on the way out? Or? They did have the commemorative poster on the way out, yes. Okay. Because that, that <laughs> again, you know, you follow on social media. They're here now. They, can't, they aren't guaranteeing they'll be here at the end of day. And it's like, you know, people were deciding whether or not they should leave the park and that got complicated because I want to say was it around three or four that oh that's right I forgot to yeah they actually um, they actually stopped park hopping mm-hmm. between one thirty and two thirty there was no park hopping but they had actually let people queue up mm-hmm. for it and Jim it looked like from a distance it looked like let's just put a rope around these night of the living dead zombies <laughs> the, the people looked exhausted you know oh. just coming in and it was it was yeah but oh okay well but again, again super okay. fun glad to do it. Um, the parks are still, you know, pretty full today. Oh, by the way, I heard um, yesterday the park was fifty percent capacity. I heard today it's uh, going forward; it's not sixty percent capacity. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so we'll see. Right. So we're slowly ramping back up. Mm-hmm. All right, Jim. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, you and I are going to talk about Epcot's new show, Harmonious, mm-hmm. and the reinvention of the park. We'll be right back. Here in the Disney Dish, I've talked a lot about StoryWorth, which is this terrific service that helps your loved ones recall and record significant moments in their lifetimes, which then get collected in a beautiful keepsake book. But when I previously talked about how you should go about using StoryWorth, I've always talked about how you should sign up your mom or your uncle or your grandmother for this terrific service, which then sends them a different story prompt each week with the idea that this will then spur your loved one to share something important from their past. But then I realized, hey, I'm 62. And my daughter Alice, who's 27, lives clear across the country. And and while we talk every night on the phone, I haven't necessarily told her everything about what it was like to grow up in a suburb or outside of Boston in the early 1960s. I mean, I seriously grew up in that Largo world where you went home when the streetlights came on. When the really cool kid in the neighborhood was the one whose bike had the banana seat. Not to mention baseball cards and the spokes that then made the noise. 
So you know what I've decided? Since as far as my daughter's concerned, I'm the relative with all the untold family-related tales to tell, I'm giving myself the gift of StoryWorth. That way, in a year or so, I'll then have a beautiful keepsake book that I can share with Alice about what it was like to be a kid back when there were only three TV channels and when cars didn't have seatbelts. If your dad took a sudden sharp turn, you just slid across that bench seat and then hoped the door had been properly closed. I'm honestly looking forward to receiving the first set of story prompts from StoryWorth. I lost my own father back in December last year, and I'd love to finally get some stories down on paper that I can then share with my daughter about what a truly great guy my dad was. Anyway, if you'd like to get in on the fun of StoryWorth and then wind up with a beautiful keepsake book that you and your family will treasure forever, well, you can get started right away by going to storyworth.com slash DisneyDish. You can even get $10 off your first purchase. Again, that's storyworth.com slash DisneyDish for $10 off. October is always a tough month if you're trying to eat better. There's always that bag of fun-sized trick-or-treat candy that someone left open in the break room, or God help you, that bowl of candy corn out by reception. You tell yourself, I'm only going to have one. But then one quickly becomes a handful, and then suddenly all your good intentions when it comes down to cutting down on carbs and sugar go straight out the window. That's why, this time of year, I keep a box of Magic Spoon right by my desk. Magic Spoon is that healthy cereal with all those amazing flavors you loved as a kid, but without all the bad stuff. And a handful of Magic Spoon, which has... 0 grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only 4 net grams of carbs is a great way to kill that craving for Halloween candy. And then I mentioned that Magic Spoon has only 140 calories in each serving, and that it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Better yet, Magic Spoon allows you to build your own box. You can choose between these available flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. Oh, and the people at Magic Spoon wanted me to remind you that they recently brought back two super popular flavors, cookies and cream, and maple waffle, which are delicious and indulgent. Not to mention a great way to kill that craving for Halloween. Halloween candy, or maybe you're just looking for a guilt-free midnight snack. Or here's an idea. You could eat Magic Spoon, that healthy breakfast cereal, in the morning at breakfast time. What a concept. If you'd like to build your own custom bundle of healthy but delicious breakfast cereal, go to magicspoon.com slash DisneyDish. And be sure to use our promo code DisneyDish at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. Which means if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, to get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal, go to magicspoon.com slash DisneyDish and use promo code DisneyDish to save $5 off. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring today's episode. Feeling a little stressed and anxious these days? Gee, I can't understand why. Maybe it's time you gave BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp isn't self-help, and it isn't a crisis line either. It is professional counseling, which allows you from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home to connect with licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, grief, family counseling, relationships, and anger. Anything you share is confidential. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you two can then start communicating in under 24 hours. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video and phone sessions. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. And speaking of available, this service is available to clients worldwide. In fact, so many people have begun using BetterHelp that they are now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. 
So why not start living a happier life today? As a listener to this podcast, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash Disney Dish. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Disney Dish. And we're back. All right, Jim, on, I'm, I'm completely losing track of time here. I think it was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I went to see the new show Harmonious at Epcot. And you watched the live stream, right? I did. What's what's kind of intriguing is that I, I don't know if you heard, uh, you know, the folks actually went in on October 1st to catch the really for real premiere of Harmonious. Got to see the show in B mode? In the- B mode. Yes, the Stargate didn't work. Yeah, this is how it happens sometimes, folks. It's it's frustrating, you know. But the, the, there are tech issues, and I mean it's frustrating because a lot of people worked very hard for a long they time. They did. On the show. They did. Yeah. Harmonious is a key part of the reinvention of this park, and uh, in fact, I was talking with a member of Disney's PR team. Mm-hmm. Face it, this week it's all been about the 50th anniversary, but it's sure. also about the refocusing of the overall Walt Disney World message. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of interesting is that talking with this this PR veteran that, that each of the parks now has a new assigned duty to how guests are supposed to spend their vacations. And, really? And the, yeah, the, the, the think about this. This is the new way each of these parks are designated. So celebrate is Epcot, and, you know, and, and we know that from future celebration. Uh, oh, the, uh, the the rebranding of Future World East and Future World West into World Celebrate, World Nature, World... There we go. Discovery. Okay. All right. So we have Celebrate the Magic, as in the Magic Kingdom. The Excitement. Excitement is Disney's Hollywood Studios. Adventure. Uh, that would be Disney's Animal Kingdom. And more. That's Disney Springs. And visit the Disney World Resort during its 50th anniversary celebration, 18 months long now through December of 2022. Jim, you mentioned the uh, the Celebrate part. Did you catch the part where, during the PR announcements, Disney said that Guardians of the Galaxy is a World Showcase pavilion now, <laughs> but not in World Showcase? <laughs> What was your initial thought on that? Because my initial thought mm-hmm. was, what kind of was this? <laughs> well, you did catch that, you know, that, that in fact, they kind of finessed the language to the effect of Guardians will open first and the Tron light cycle run will be, uh, which is kind of counter to what we, we'd previously been hearing. So that's kind of intriguing. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was surprised by that. Uh, it's Celebrate Epcot, mm-hmm. the Magic Kingdom, yep. the excitement of the Hollywood Studios, mm-hmm. and the adventure of Animal Kingdom. All right, fair enough. That's a, a coherent message. So how did, how did we end up with Harmonious out of that? Well, we have to face facts here. Epcot is not Walt Disney World Science and Discovery Park anymore. It hasn't, it really hasn't been since April of 94. I mean, that's when we got our first Flower and Garden, and that's when Walt Disney World executives saw how a seasonal event could have a huge impact on Epcot's overall attendance levels. And so we've been slow walking in this direction for more than a quarter century now. I mean, they, they still gave lip service to the sciences. You know, we got GM test track and... March of 99, we got, you know, Mission Space in August of 2003. 
But at the same time, we saw, you know, La Real de Tempo close at the Mexico Pavilion in, in January of 2007, only to be reimagined as Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros and opened in April of that same year. Likewise, Maelstrom closes in October of 2014 and reopens as Frozen Ever After in, in July, or excuse me, June of 2016. You know, and it's just, look, mm-hmm. and Disney feels that they have cause to do this. The folks at, at, at Guest Relations, they've surveyed hundreds of thousands of guests over the past 30 years in regards to what they liked and what they didn't like about Epcot. And that's what drove this reinvention course correction to this park and this this character creep um and you know just i think about it, just in the past you know 20 months we had what the beauty and the beast sing-along open in the france pavilion january of 2020 mm-hmm. uh february of two, that same year we got the eagle smokehouse craft drafts and barbecue regal eagle regal eagle, regal eagle smoke. yeah uh, but, but you know and that at least features the Muppets uh, and then October of this year you know well you and Chrissy actually got to experience in September we got Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and yep. um, and that's all on the back of you know all these you know guest surveys from Epcot because you have to say Epcot is boring where are the characters I had far more fun when I visited the Magic Kingdom and, and Disney's Hollywood Studios you know I, I get that and, I'm, and my, I think my feelings on this particular thing are well known mm-hmm. I will say that the those three bullet points: Epcot is boring. Where are the characters? I had far more fun when I visited Magic Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yep. You could also say that the root cause of that is the underinvestment in Epcot over the last twenty years, right? It's the 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 person who murders their parents and then begs the court for mercy because they're orphans, right? <laughs> we we didn't spend. We, they didn't they didn't open a new a brand new for real attraction mm-hmm. in Epcot for sixteen years. And then, then you wonder why people say Epcot's boring and people have more fun in the Magic Kingdom? Come on. Yeah, I get that. But but just okay. just last night, ABC ran that two-hour-long, the, the most magical you know, holiday, 50 years of Walt Disney World. And what was fascinating is the last 15 minutes of the show were basically touching on all the new stuff. So we, we got to see sure. Galactic Star Cruiser, and, mm. you know, and they talked about all the new stuff coming to Epcot. But what was interesting is how they justified the new stuff coming to Epcot. So that this is a direct quote. That's it. Going back to Walt saying that Epcot will always be in a state of becoming, that gave us license to think differently. That's how we rethink Epcot for a new generation. So this is this is all about that new generation. Person who is saying this, their job title was actually Inclusion Strategies. The notion was there were literally folks at at Disney whose job are you know we have to be more inclusive. And I've and I've heard this from people that um, you know during Harmonious some of the words in the songs are sung in their native language and they that are? is the direct nod mm-hmm. to inclusion. Fair enough. More to the point, you know, a lot of the artwork that's featured during the show are done by artists from their respective countries. I'm a 62 year old guy who lives in the woods of New Hampshire whose job is talking about theme parks. And, and and animated cartoons. I'm almost a textbook example of white privilege. Oh, sure, yeah. So I get the idea that we need to be more inclusive with these with these shows. And so the fact that we had a, a huge production number in Harmonious that was pulled out of Princess and the Frog, and we had a, a sequence that was pulled out of Coco, and mm-hmm. we used a lot of music from Moana. I have 
In, in, in Indian niece, I have a Vietnamese sister-in-law, and I know how important it is. Representation is to them, right, sure. In these shows, you know, and so, but at the same time, the thing I think that really struck me about Harmonious is that there was an earnestness to the show that the whiff of the conference room where it was cobbled together never entirely came off of oh. this, you know. Um, Jim, if, if, <laughs> if... If there was show designed by spreadsheet, uh, the yeah. the harmonious is the textbook example. I don't. I I, I enjoy mm -hmm. the cultures of Epcot and mm -hmm. the idea of doing songs in their native language um, are are fantastic. Right. Mm -hmm. My concern with the show is it is essentially happily ever after in Epcot, and here's what I mean by that. With the exception mm -hmm. of the 2017 film Coco, mm -hmm. every one of the 11 movies represented in Harmonious also appeared in Happily Ever After. Every single one of them. Not only that, but of the 17 songs that are in Harmonious, more than a third came directly from Happily Ever After. Out There from Hunchback, Touch the Sky from Brave, mm -hmm. How Far I'll Go from Moana, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, which, my God, mm -hmm. th that in Hakuna Matata, also in the, you go in the ships, mm -hmm. you go in the parks, you go in the TV scene, and then go the distance from Hercules. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not the, the representation that's the problem. It's, this is the same show that was in the Magic Kingdom that I saw last night. Mm -hmm. Why am I seeing it again in Epcot? Where is the unique identity of Epcot? Mm -hmm. And why, if you're trying to figure that out, does it have to be these characters? Right. No, no, no. Look, you are not. You are not wrong. And in fact, I, you know, I, I, I forget who said this, but what was kind of sad about Harmonious is you could have presented this outside of Disney's Hollywood Studio on on the. And it'd be the same show. Yeah. You could put it. You could have put it in the Phantasmic Theater. Yeah. And it would have been the same. And this is the thing that drives me crazy. So mm -hmm. if you think about the Disney and Pixar films, mm -hmm. they've done like eighty-three animated features, mm -hmm. right? Why did we get? almost half the songs in this show, the same as Happily Ever After. You've done 83 films. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but really, if you wanted to explore the cultures of the country, yeah. right? I know Disney needs to promote Disney songs. Mm -hmm. I, I am sure that the musical heritage of Norway is such that you could have picked out, you could have picked out the Norwegian national anthem and had somebody from Norway sing it. And I would have been okay with that, right? But this idea that we're, you know, every single presentation has to have brave mm. moana hunchback lion king i mean just it's just boxes to tick mm. saying yes the market research says we need to do this mm -hmm. and that's in there and it's done it's just lazy yeah and it just the other thing frankly given the overlap between the show that just debuted at the magic kingdom and the show yeah. it's one of these things where you're telling me that the entertainment teams never, I mean, yeah, nobody ever bumped that day in the hallway and could I see your song? Yeah, hey, what, what, so, what, what songs are you using? Yeah. What songs are you using? It's, it's like they've got one CD of music yeah. and they pass it around. Anyway. I don't know. The problem is that when you see a show and your response is, well, that was fine. Okay. So actually, I, I watch the show. I, I don't know if I ever said this before, mm -hmm. but when I, generally when I watch a show, mm -hmm. I, I bring along theater people. Mm-hmm. To like to critique the show, like if I have a question, like what the hell's going on here, mm -hmm. right? Or what what are they going for? I, I'll, I'll turn to someone and say, what are they doing here? Mm -hmm. we, there was a point in the show where the theater people turned to me and said, "Do you do you think it's over?" <laughs> like, like 
I don't know if there's more damning criticism than somebody saying, where are we at in this show? Because I'm not sure. And it's a theater person. Yeah. But, but I will say this. And in fact, you can go online right now and find these, uh, you know, the, the, these videos. Uh, you know, what basically happens, the very thing that Len's describing is the show ends. And there is this weird pause where people are, st are standing at the edge of, we'll showcase the lagoon. Like, is that it? Is there going to be something more? And then behind them, Oh, Spaceship Earth, Jim. Uh, you know, Jim. They, I, 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 I don't know if I announced this, but I'm actually in a relationship with Spaceship Earth right now. <laughs> it's worth mentioning that when the beacons of magic treatment for Spaceship Earth fired up right after, uh, you know, Harmonious ended. The, did you hear the audience reaction? That's the thing. There's an audible gasp. You watch the, uh, you know, the, these heads turn around and swivel in this audible gasp. Like, what is that? What is that? It's exactly what I said. What is that? That was, and I will say this. So the, if you did not see it in person, the colors on Spaceship Earth have to be seen in person oh, to be yeah. believed. And I will say this for Harmonious too. Mm -hmm. Whoever the colorist was for the show mm -hmm. did an outstanding job on the colors. They were vibrant. They were saturated. The show looked good. Mm -hmm. The color was not the issue with that. The irony is to have this 20 minute long show on, on World Showcase Lagoon that's been five years in the making and you know millions of dollars plowed into it and to have the show end and, and be immediately upstaged by this amazing light treatment. By the lights, yeah. Somebody, you know, I just, I'm, I'm hoping that their office, wherever they're working in entertainment, isn't too many floors up because, you know, just that our- yeah, They're jumping. They're jumping. But, the, you know. but you know, so I don't know if you caught this on the, the live feed audio, mm -hmm. but the, I think the outro to Harmonious is um, an original composition by Pinar Toprock. Oh. Okay. And it is classic, old school Epcot music. So imagine this, right? The show, the show ends. You're nobody's really sure whether it ends ends. But now you've got this this music. It sounds like Epcot. It feels like Epcot, right? Where everyone's a little excited because the fireworks. And then there's a pause, and spaceship starts lighting up from the bottom, mm -hmm. and people lost their. I'm getting chills just talking about it. It was that good. Yeah. Like whoever came up with that, mm -hmm. like, and whoever came up with the color, mm -hmm. they should redo harmonious that way. And honest to God, they should they should let Pinar Toprock just do the entire soundtrack, like it was um, Gavin Greenaway with with Illuminations. Give her a shot at doing the entire show. Like I think that's really what what, what should be done with harmonious. Okay, and and to be fair here, we we need to also address the fact that if you talk with anybody at Disney Entertainment for both Harmonious and uh, for enchantment, they stress the fact that this isn't the final pyro. We've had no, supply chain yeah. issues. Uh, I was uh, I was watching from Italy, mm -hmm. um, and they do perimeter pyro. Mm -hmm. I, if you're a if you're a veteran of a recent war, I'm not sure you want to stand where I stood for this because I'm not joking, Jim. It was boom, mm -hmm. boom, boom, like for, for the pyro. It was it was fantastic. I mean, it was it was you know, chest thumping mm -hmm. noises. That part was uh, was really, really good. But I, I can see some people being unsettled no, 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 by, by, by standing really, really close to fire. I'm not saying it was bad. Mm -hmm. I thought it was great. 
Um, but it was it was definitely there. The other thing, Jim, and we haven't talked about this, is mm-hmm. um, so I was standing in Italy. Mm-hmm. I went back and watched the live version of the show, and honest to God, there were visuals in that show in the live feed that I, I was there and I didn't see them. The show, you really, honest to God, have to be in that little area between Future World and World Showcase looking directly on the Stargate mm-hmm. in order to, to view it properly. Like there was the, the live feed showed images from the Lion King. Mm-hmm. I was maybe 30 degrees off center from that. Didn't see a single thing. Didn't, didn't even know that that visual is there. Because I think the way the show is created, you really have to be front and center to see all the effects. Well, the upside of all this is from conversation at Disney, they are well aware of this. They have been keeping tabs on everything that's being said online. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially if the supply chain issues clear up and they can, in fact, get the power they're supposed to get. But And speaking of getting, you need to keep getting, so we need to properly close the show here. So, All right, we will close the show. All right, one one last thing. I've been critical of Harmonious. It's actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Again, I... uh, let me just do the disclaimer here. I think Illuminations is the best nighttime show Disney ever did. And I realize I'm saying that as a, again, a 50-something-year-old white guy, right? My time has passed. Right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're not writing these shows for me any, anymore, and I'm okay with that. My my strongest criticism is the fact that, A, you can't see the show properly unless you're in a very specific spot, which I don't understand why you would not do a show that you can that can be viewed from everywhere around World Shake is Lagoon, and two, we're using the same six songs over and over again, right? That's the for whatever whatever else you might say, those things are true, right? Um, I do think the uh, Pinar Toprex underutilizes a talent, um, and we should hear more from her. But the the show wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I and I the barges at night do look good. I don't know that it, the show makes up for the fact that they're there twelve hours a day, but the barges were a pleasant surprise. So. You know, for me, if I had to rate it on a scale of one to five stars, I'd give it a three, mm-hmm. maybe a three and a half. Um, you know, with mm-hmm. with a little bit of variation there. We'll see it when it uh, when I imagine it's going to go through another revision in a year. Or so we'll see what happens. But uh, here's something. Yeah. Here's something. Right, enough. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the Disney Dish show today. Please head on over to DisneyDish.Bandcamp.com, where you'll find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes, including two new shows on the history of Disney's Flying Saucer Ride. You can find more of Jim at jimhillmedia.com and more of me, Len, at tutoringplans.com. We're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who will be singing the part of Tom's Diner on stage live with Suzanne Vega at the Narrows Center for the Arts on Friday, October 22nd in beautiful downtown Fall River, Massachusetts. While Aaron's doing that, please go on to iTunes and Raider Show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We'll see you on the next show.